doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Jimmy and Charles about idiopathic ventricular tachycardia, a heart condition that Charles was diagnosed with at 13 years old. Jimmy and Charles are friends of Andy and I, and Jimmy, Andy, and myself were hanging out the other day, and Jimmy was telling us about the fact that Charles, his husband, has a pacemaker installed, and it immediately piqued my curiosity. I had no idea before that that Charles had any sort of health condition, and I'd never heard of anyone getting a pacemaker at just 13 years old. So I reached out to Charles and was very grateful that he was willing to come on the show and talk about it. And I'm very excited to have Jimmy and Charles together on the show today, because we've done this once before where we had a couple talk about one member of that couple's major pain and how it can impact the relationship and their lives together when we spoke with uh, Evan and Cammie. I guess we've done it with Andy and myself, too. So this is the third time. My biggest curiosity was that I really wanted to know what it's like to live with a medical implant that helps to keep you alive, because I have this fear of things breaking. You know, electronics always break down. As someone who runs a podcast whenever I have computer problems, it's a big deal, and I live in this constant state of awareness that all of my electronics will break eventually. And I can't imagine having a device inside my body keeping me alive with just who I am as a person with that fear. So it was super interesting to learn a little bit about what life with a pacemaker is like. Jimmy and Charles live close by, so we were able to meet in person and record all together, which is something I don't get to do often on this podcast. So that was a real joy. And I love this conversation. We had so much fun. I'm really excited to share it with you today. So we'll get to that in just a couple minutes. Uh, I do want to address something real quick. Last week, I mentioned on the show that I might not be able to get a podcast out this week. And here we are. I've got an episode out. I'm very excited about that. And now that the dust has settled, I can tell you exactly what was happening last week that made me feel that way. Uh, And the timing of it was all very strange. So last week, we had a fantastic episode with Brooke talking about uh, her many major pains, including adrenal cancer. And we talked a little bit about how once you've had cancer, Every time you have a pain in your body, you have fear that it is cancer. So as I was preparing that episode to release, you know, I have this history of testicular cancer and I started having this intense groin pain (laughs) right, right during the days, like after I had recorded this conversation, as I was getting ready to release it. um, You know, we talked about how every time you have this pain, it's really hard to keep yourself out of this stress that it is cancer. And then I have this groin pain and I'm like, it's cancer, you know? (laughs) I just jump immediately to that. And even though, you know, I always say, don't worry about something until you know what it is. You know, if you have a pain, go get it checked out. Don't jump to conclusions that it is cancer. I tell myself that all the time, but I still can't help it. So last week, I legitimately thought that I might end up going to the hospital and needing surgery uh, for cancer, <laughs> and that I wouldn't be able to do a show this week. That's what was going through my mind. I'm very happy to report that I have a hernia. <laughs> um, I, I've never had one before. I don't really know much about it. I think I actually caused it by going up hills in my wheelchair, because that's really the only strenuous activity that I've been doing. Um, and that's when I you know, really noticed a pain was when I was going up a hill. So, uh, yeah, so I freaked out. I thought that I had cancer. I went and had a ultrasound done. I talked to my doctor and he got everything done really quickly and discovered the hernia, 
feel much better about life. <laughs> I'm way calmer now and was able to get everything back together, get uh, recordings rescheduled and recorded quickly. And I've already got three recordings done in the last couple of days. So we're back on track. There shouldn't be any pause in the release schedule. Um, you know, it's something I worry about that if I have a bad health day and am not able to get a show out that people will worry. So that could happen at any moment, <laughs> any week. You know, I live with a chronic health condition and I try to get the show done um, a few days in advance so that I don't have to worry about not having it prepared just in case I have a bad day on a Tuesday, which is, you know, I release the show late Tuesday night to populate in your podcatchers on Wednesday. Um, so it might happen someday. It didn't happen this week. I was really relieved about that. Um, and yeah, here we are. I don't have cancer. I just have a hernia. I might, I actually might still have to get surgery, but uh, I've been taking it easy and the pain has gone way, way, way down. It's now just like barely bothering me at all. So um, if I have to have surgery, obviously I'll probably have to skip a week of the show, but um, I'll keep you updated on that. I also wanted to remind you that Andy and I will be recording our first ever bonus episode of Major Pain for the people supporting us on Patreon. So if you are already supporting us on Patreon and you want to submit a question for Andy and I to answer during that recording, head over to patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast, and you can actually filter all of the posts for things that are for patrons only, and then it will be the first thing that pops up. It's a post called Submit Your Questions, and you can leave a comment with your question that you'd like us to to answer. We'll be recording this episode uh, in the first week of November for release very shortly after that. So you've got a couple weeks left. If you have not signed up to support this show on Patreon, plans start at just $2 per month, all the way up to $25 per month for the producer tier. And this episode will be available for all three tiers of anyone supporting us on Patreon. So uh, even if you sign up at $2 per month, you will be able to access this uh, bonus episode, which I'm really excited to try out. And if this goes well, we might do it every month moving forward. It's really going to depend on the feedback of our supporters and patrons and producers. So head over to patreon.com slash major pain podcast to sign up to support this show. Um, not just a bonus episode coming up, but we also have gifts and special recognition for everyone who has signed up to support the show. So I really appreciate it, especially while I am, you know, trying to get disability and trying to figure out if I'm going to get a diagnosis anytime soon for my mystery illness. Any sort of financial support is extremely appreciated. And I would, you know, I do this show, um, and I'd love to get paid for it. That would be amazing. And one of the best ways to do that is through Patreon. So I really appreciate everyone who's already supporting the show. And if you're interested in signing up, now is a great time to do so. You can keep up with this podcast on our social media platforms, TikTok and Instagram, both at Major Pain Podcast. And don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on whatever platform you listen to our show. I just checked Apple Podcasts and I'm so excited that we finally hit 20 ratings on Apple Podcasts. So exciting. So I ran a sci-fi podcast for five years, uh, and I also did a secondary um, sci-fi podcast called Sci-Fi on Trial, and none of those podcasts ever hit 20 ratings. Uh, my weekly sci-fi show that I did, you know, like 177 episodes of, still sits at 19 ratings. So this is a big deal for me that just in the first few months of this podcast, we've already hit 20 ratings. And that is a huge thanks to you, the listeners. The level of support for this podcast that I've been receiving is is miles beyond any support I've ever had for any podcast I've done before. I really just, I you know, I'm, I guess I'm a little speechless about it. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. 
The reason I'm always harping on about the Apple Podcast reviews is that that's one of the best ways to help this show reach new listeners is to have a lot of ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts because eventually, uh, to my understanding, the platform itself will start to recommend the show. So uh, yeah, the more ratings and reviews we get, the more likely that becomes. This is the highest I've ever been as far as having a bunch of ratings on a show. So let's keep it going. Head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a positive rating and review. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, if you listen on, on Android or whatever platforms you listen to the show on, it is so helpful if you just pop into Apple Podcasts and leave a positive rating and review. So to whoever did it this week, thank you so much. We've hit a new milestone that means a lot to me personally. I appreciate you. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to share with me or with the rest of the podcast listeners, you can always reach out to me at our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on any episode of the podcast at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. And with that, we're going to jump into our conversation with Jimmy and Charles about IVT, idiopathic ventricular tachycardia. Jimmy and Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah, you. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Um, so let's get to know you a little bit. Let's start with you, Charles. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Charles. I am the oldest of five, um, depending on who you ask. Um, <laughs> I sing. I'm a dancer. Um, theater's kind of my bread and butter right now, outside of teaching dance. Um, and yeah. What what kind of dance do you teach? Um, I teach hip hop, competitive and recreational. Wow, competitive hip hop. Yeah. Is it like it is in the movies? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy beast. Um, I don't know it's, if you ever watch Dance Moms. It's kind of similar to that. Just okay. Very helicopter mom world and. Wow. Yeah. I, I have no familiarity at all. Oh, and count yourself lucky. Everything I know about, <laughs> about hip-hop competitions is from The Good Place. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. No. <laughs> so probably pretty inaccurate. Just a little, just a little. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, how about you? Uh, yeah, my name is Jimmy, and I am a local Seattle performing artist and director. Um, I am the youngest of three, and... You'll know that from anybody you ask. Uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of all that I got. Yeah. Well, you're a dancer, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a dancer as well. <laughs> and a choreographer. Yeah, those things. Yeah. And all you, the hats. And an uh, event host. An event. <laughs> if I, the check is right, I'll do it. Yeah. If the check is right, I'll do it. I saw you co-host the Gregory Awards, and it was you did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. That was a fun time, and we were ready to do a round two, but COVID, you know. yeah. COVID yeah, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and you two have a, a TikTok dance channel that I love where you guys, you know, choreograph and do dances together. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, that And that was out of COVID that came from yeah. Yeah, being bored in COVID. So it's a, a Instagram, Shimmons. Follow it on Instagram. Shimmons18. Shimmons18. Um, <laughs> and that's where we do all of our dances. And then they translate over to TikTok or vice versa. Yeah. On Pride Month, you did like a different dance every day. Tried to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we ended up missing like three or four days in total. But I think 24 dances out of all. Yeah. I mean. 25, something like that. For something that no one's paying you to do. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, it was super fun. Well, I'm really excited to talk to both of you today. Uh, we've only done this once before where we had a couple talking about a major pain that one of them has. And I'm always curious to hear how these things kind of, you know, worm their way into relationships as well as just into the personal experience of living with, you know, a health condition. Um, so, Charles, let's start with you. What is your major pain? My major pain is called idiopathic ventricular tachycardia, or IVT for short. Um, it just means that my heart decides to beat on whatever rhythm it decides to beat at that particular moment. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not sure like exactly when it started, but it definitely manifested itself uh, when I was like 13. 13. So what, what is that? What, what's the danger with that? Can you, you know, does your heart just stop randomly or what, what happens? Um, I'm, I think it could. Um, it's, it just throws it out of alignment so much that it could eventually like make me pass out or wow. I guess, yeah, just die. Oh my. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just die. <laughs> but no, they, um, my mom was like really like confused about the entire situation. So like we spent a good two or three weeks inside of a children's hospital, um, here in Seattle and she did not let me leave until they had some type of answer. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you were having like some sort of dizzy spells or something was happening and then you went into the hospital and you were about 13? Yeah. Well, okay. So let's go back. Um, yeah. I was actually in, uh, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. So we were in the Kingdom Hall. Um, in the middle of the service, uh, I was fine. I was just listening. And then my chest started hurting. Um, my mom had taught us sign language around that time. So oh, cool. like I looked back at her and I signed my chest hurt. Um, and so she looked at me, she was like, are you okay? Just hold on. And so I sat there for a little bit and it just got worse and worse. I just started sweating and then I just passed out. Wow. And then I woke up and there were nurses. Well, we had a couple of nurses in the hall with us. Um, they just came around, started to bring me back and there was ice everywhere and water and just my mom was hysterical. It was a mess, but. Wow. It sounds like, yeah. have you ever watched house? A couple mm -hmm. times. I've been watching house with Andy recently and. In the beginning of each episode, the cold open is like some medical emergency happening. Mm -hmm. I'm just imagining that happening right now. Definitely that scenario going on. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the hospital and you stay there for a couple of weeks and then you actually find an answer pretty quickly. Kind of. Um, they told us it was IVT. Mm -hmm. um, they said they didn't really have any solutions per se at that time. But um, again, my mom was not having it. So she was <laughs> like, I need you to do something, figure this out. So they tested me for like another day or two and decided that they were going to do a pacemaker implant. Wow. Um, so that's the that's what they did. <laughs> so you've had a pacemaker since you were about 13, 13. years old. That's crazy. What, what, what does that surgery involve? Um, they go into my left chest muscle um, and just put it underneath there. There's a lead connected from this small, it's like, I don't know what size, maybe this half the size of your iPhone, hmm. um, just underneath my muscle there. And then there's a lead connected through that, that goes down through a ventricle into my heart or a vein into my heart. Yeah. And it, if my um, heart ever just goes out of rhythm, it'll just shock it or wow. pulse it back into normal rhythm. Do you feel that? Sometimes I do. And you must, I mean, how old are you now? 34, just turned 34. So you must be pretty used to it at yeah. this point. I mean, you've had it much longer than you haven't had it right. in your life. Um, wow. And how old were you two when you met? I was 18. And I was 19. Wow. And how long did you date before you got married? <laughs> um, trick question. Uh, 11 years, mm -hmm. I think. 
11 wow. years before yeah. we got married. Part of that was because it wasn't legal. So people are always mm. like, what took you so long? Well, you know, the government. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> wow. So you were 13 when you got this implant. You were 18 and 19 when you met. And what was, Jimmy, what was your reaction to find out that this person that you were interested in had uh, a surgical implant that was keeping them alive? Uh, I never thought about it like that. Mm. Um, when he told me, he was really scared to tell me. And he was scared of what I was going to think and what I was going to say. And that just like, I don't, anybody that knows me as a person knows me as a person that leads with love. So I could not wrap my mind around like him being treated any differently or like this being an issue. So when he told me, I was like, okay, now I have an extra piece of you to love. Like mm. what's next? And that was kind of it. Yeah. Were you nervous? How, how were you feeling to tell Jimmy Charles? Oh, I was super nervous just cause like, I'm 18 and like this is the very first guy that I've ever been like really interested in and like I have to show you my body so you're gonna have to see it at some point so like <laughs> you didn't have to show me your body <laughs> well I'm going to show you my body yeah um, it's in the contract <laughs> yeah but that and then just I don't know I had never talked about it to anybody outside of my family or like the people that I was in school with because nobody really needed to know I guess whatever yeah um so it was just a weird thing to do to just announce that I have something outside of the norm going on. Yeah, totally. How, how did that affect you moving forward, having someone to confide in about it? And it sounds like Jimmy reacted really well to it. So did that impact you moving forward? Uh, yeah, it definitely made things a lot easier um, talking about it. Um, I didn't go around like announcing it to everyone like that, but like if there was ever, um, there's some certain things that I just wouldn't be allowed to do or shouldn't do. Um, so I would like exclude myself from those, but like mm. without talking to people about it. Um, mm. So after talking to Jimmy about certain about that, it kind of just made it easier to be like, hey, I can't do this because I have the box or I can't go there because there's magnetics there, like little things like that. Wow. What are some of the you do call it the box? Is that your name for it? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, some of the things that. Yeah. What are, are the specific kind of crazy? Like the airport, I give myself like. It's easier now, but I used to give myself like an extra five minutes to go through TSA just because I couldn't go through the normal magnet. Um, what's it called? Metal detector. Metal detector. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it could possibly turn it inactive. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was like a big fear of mine because they're in a lot of places, a lot of places you wouldn't And think. a lot of places you find out that they're actually not plugged in. Not plugged in. in. <laughs> yeah. The metal detectors? Yes. Oh, okay. So, so you like a show at some places? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't, won't spill any beans. So you like go to a place and you say, hey, I can't go through the metal detector. And like, it's fine. It's not turned on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, like they'll just take me to the side and I'll get like a special pat down or like they'll have the wand and they'll have, they'll have to swipe it really quick or some craziness like that. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy and Andy and I were hanging out the other day is when I first heard about this. And he told me a couple of things that were super interesting. One is that you, um, you have limits on your movement because you could pull one of the leads out if you move too much. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um, the lead, the first lead that I had um, wasn't super long. So um, they were really adamant on, you can do whatever your normal activity is. Just be very careful and aware that you have a, a, a wire going into your arm and into your heart. Hmm. And I was like, okay, great. Didn't listen. Backflips and cartwheels and dance shows later. I broke a lead like... Um, I had to go back and get the neck surgery to replace that. But like, it's just, 
It's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're both dancers. So I know, Jimmy, you do choreography. When you two are dancing together, is that something you're mindful of? Is trying um, to make sure that his arms are not moving out of this alignment where it could pull a lead? It was not before. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was not before. Um, just because he's always been so active. So all mm. of the things that he's like, he's a swimmer and he's not supposed to swim. It's the over the head mm. motion. Um, things like that he's always just done so i didn't really take a second second thought at it choreographing but lately as we've gotten older Mm -hmm. sadly to say um (laughs) we have to be more cognizant of our bodies and how they move and how they can't move for sure and so um this so he's had a replacement i'll let him talk about the replacement but he's had a replacement in the last five or so years and this replacement sits in a different spot than the, the original one did Oh wow! and so some of his movement is it affects some of his movement differently because he can feel it a little bit more mm-hmm. than he could with the first one because i think this one is actually on top of uh it it, it protrudes a little bit so is yeah. it it might be a little bit over the muscle but i don't want to i'm not a doctor yet so yeah <laughs> you're working on it yeah i'm working on that hat yeah choreography <laughs> and doctoring they go Hand in hand. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, Charles, you had a replacement. Tell me about that. Um, yeah. So, I was in California for uh, a year. And in that year, we were dancing a lot. And I was flipping a lot in a gymnastics gym. At some point, it broke. I never felt it. Hmm. Um, but I came back home <clears throat> or came back to Seattle and uh, went to my appointment. And they were like, oh, it's broken. You need to get surgery, fix it, and get it replaced. So, I did that. But the... Like Jimmy said, they put it a little higher and they gave me a longer and more flexible lead this time mm. so that I could be as active as I wanted without so much of a limitation. Um, but the only downside is that it's, it, to me, it feels a little bit more on the surface of my skin. Mm. So I'm very aware of it. So when I move my left arm, I'm like, oh, okay. That doesn't feel right. That feels also, weird. that was your battery replacement. Oh, excuse me. Battery replacement. Yeah. But they also replaced the lead. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sort of a, <laughs> a gearhead. Like, I love technology. But I also have this, like, fear of things breaking, you mm. know? Like, when I'm in a vehicle, I'm, like, ready for it to break and to have to take immediate action or something. Mm-hmm. Like, when's that tire going to pop or whatever? Um, do you have any of that? With You have something in your body that is uh, helping to keep you alive. And if it breaks, that is a big problem. Do you have, do either of you live with any fear around that? Um, I think I get a little anxious whenever we travel just because of the whole um, metal detector thing. Mm-hmm. And then some people, they think that I might not be telling the truth because I'm so young. Yeah. Um, but then I have an ID card and a whole badge to be like, here you go. Here's my emplacement date, my implantment date. Um, and then what else? Um, yeah, I think that's the most anxious I get at the airport. Yeah. And, and not when you're swimming. For choreographers, maybe that's a thing because they. I don't want to like lead with, oh, I can't move my arm this way. I want you to teach me what it is that you want me to do, mm-hmm. and then if I have an issue, I'll come to you and we'll work that out. Yeah, but that makes sense. That's about it, I think, for me. Yeah, but I, but you love swimming, so you continue to do it even though it might mm-hmm. be a problem. I became a lifeguard wow. several times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like many years after it was put in, became a lifeguard. Like I love the water. Mm. I could swim every day. It just that was one of the things that that was probably the hardest thing for me when they were telling me that I couldn't do all of these things. No bumper cars, no this, no that. Swimming, oh, I about died. Yeah. So 
every so when you continue to swim you're like just knowingly taking this risk because yeah. it's something that you love and want to do mm-hmm. and you also you've been dealing with this for a long time and it sounds like that's never been an issue before right um but could you know it's something you're aware of and it could be an issue someday and it's just a choice you're making because you love it yes yeah I agree that. yeah <laughs> what about you jimmy do you have any of that like fear of things breaking or Fear of an issue Not happening? Not so much. Uh, I agree about the protrusion from his chest is a little different. It's mm. a little bit more um, prevalent than it was before. Um, so, And it's like a sharp corner. Yeah. It's not mm. just like you can... It's a sharp corner. But um, I think the only time that I've been really anxious was uh, his... So he had a battery... Re- he had the box replaced because the battery had gone... The battery had died pretty much. And but before the battery died, we could hear it beeping, and he <laughs> let it go for a really long time. So like, inside, <laughs> and, so, and I feel like he might have let it let it go for about a year. Wow, that he needed the replacement because we knew that the battery was low, and we knew the battery was low because it beeps just like any other um, <laughs> any other tech device. Yeah. Um. So like at <laughs> night, if I was like laying on his chest or if it was like really, really silent or if we were doing something, you could just hear like a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, OK, how long like how long do you have on that battery? Because, you know, when batteries die, the thing dies. And then right. if the thing dies, I don't want you to die. So, yeah, I think that's been the only time that I've been really anxious and concerned. But I, yeah. Oh, and then obviously the replacement surgery. Yeah, was um, because it had been there for so long, so it had muscle tissue built yeah. around it. Oh wow! Um, and um, people are probably listening to this, and we're probably saying so, so much stuff wrong. <laughs> probably <laughs> muscle tissue and fat, and I don't know. I am not a doctor. Yes, Yet. no one here is a doctor. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> but um, I could play one on TV. Uh, <laughs> but it had like built up and so it was harder for them to pull it out Hmm. um the surgery was only supposed to be a few hours and it ended up being quite longer yeah it was crazy amount of scar tissue around the leads and the -hmm. device itself so yeah i can't imagine like having something like implanted for that long how long had that one first one been in there before they pulled it out Ooh, over 10 years over 15 no no because you got it when you were 13 and i think you probably had that surgery probably like 28 maybe 27 28? Mm, I don't know. Somewhere around there. Before (laughs) you were 30. So you had a... Is this the battery replacement that we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. And when they replace the battery, is most of the device still the same? Or do they have to like... Have you had any like actual device replacements? Has the technology changed? Yes. The first one, um, it was a lot bigger. Um, I shouldn't say a lot. It was still small, but it was bigger than this one. Um, And then this one is a lot thinner. But the um, just the placement's weird. I think that's about it. And mm-hmm. I also changed companies. It was it went from Boston Ti- Boston Scientific to mm-hmm. Guidant. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this is a completely different device than the original at this point. Yes. How long? I think so sorry, Guidant or Boston Scientific. <laughs> I, I think it is because we have the device. We didn't have that before for the first one. Uh, an external oh, yeah. device? Yeah. What does that do? It's, uh, it just monitors me at home. If I ever have a chest pain or something, I just go and tap this button. Hmm. And then it like remotely... Uh, like self-diagnostic? Kind of. It just reads my uh, heartbeat. And okay. it g- immediately goes to my doctor. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Someday they're going to come out with an app. <laughs> I believe it. Probably do already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are under too much stress. <laughs> oh, please. 
Please stop swimming. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) It's kind of incredible that we have devices that can just live in people's bodies. I mean, that, that alone, I'm still trying to kind of wrap my mind around. Like the fact that, you know, it's internal. So like you can go, you can go swimming and not destroy this device because it has to be, you know, waterproof because there's blood in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's really fascinating to me. So, is there like a user's manual that comes with a pacemaker? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there was. It was like a six-little-page pamphlet situation. Um, Yeah, it kind of went into depth of what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Um, I very quickly lost that pamphlet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. What's the the long-term risk of having a pacemaker? Like, is this something that... Once you have it installed and it it keeps your heart beating more normally, then you're just good to go as long as the device is functional. Does it change, um, like the functionality of the heart or anything like that? Are there any long term risks? Um, I was not told that there were, but I do kind of feel a sense of security and safety knowing that I have it, um, because in the moments where I have had the IVT spells um, and have not felt them, it ha- the device itself has pulsed and put it back into regular rhythm mm. um without me knowing so like i'm okay thanks yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep it. wow it's so cool i mean this it's one of those things where like you know if you've had this condition 300 years ago they wouldn't have known what it was mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had the technology to do anything about it and it's likely that you probably wouldn't have survived that long mm-hmm. do you ever think about that all the time <laughs> Um, not to get like super deep and crazy, but like when we're like, when we were younger, my mom always told us like our birth stories. And so like they they were tra- traumatic. Like she had really rough, um, pregnancies. Hmm. Um, she always told me that when it was my birthday, like I almost died. Um, and she did too from toxemia or something like that. Hmm. I've always had this thing in my mind of like, I'm not supposed to be here. Wow. Um, but like. For whatever reason, I am. And that just, that sits with me in a different place. So, like, that's why I'm okay with all of it. Like, God let me be here, and I'm just really happy to be here. So, like. Or you were supposed to be here. Or we're supposed to be here, yeah. Yeah, you were supposed to be here. Yeah, Jimmy, what do you say to to your husband when you hear him say, I feel like I'm not supposed to be here? How does that make you feel? And and has he expressed that to you in the past? No, actually, but, um, (laughs) but we do have a, like a really interesting relationship and just like, we work really well together and it's, it's, it's sometimes we, we, we're we're, like doing things. And in that moment, I'm like, how did we find each other? Like, especially at such a young age Mm -hmm. and then to like grow up together and still like, like each other and be in love. I, I believe in very much, I'm very spiritual and I believe in very much like, all of these things are put into play for a reason and like serve a bigger purpose. And like mm-hmm. you were put here for me, not, not to show ownership, but and vice versa um, because there are a, a plethora of other things we could be doing or a bunch of different ways our lives could have gone, but everything just kind of put us together and we enjoy each other. And, and like the things you see on social media, it's not fake. It's not for the gram. <laughs> right. um, if you see us fighting, it's real. <laughs> like all of those things. And just like, not saying that there's a perfect couple, but I mean, I think we might be pretty damn close. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How real? I mean, th- it's shocking to me that you met so young because 
you know, something I think about a lot is like the way that people change as you get older and, you know, the more stuff I've been through, I'm so different than I used mm-hmm. to be. There's a, there's a core of me that's the same, but so much of around that has changed where like, I'll listen to myself talk about something from 10 years ago. I'm like, man, you were dumb, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of my, a lot of my relationships have changed as well. And I can't imagine meeting someone at 18 years old that I would go on to marry and still be with, you know, this long later. So, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but what's the secret? <laughs> How did you do it? Um, well, <laughs> I think, well, we've been asked that a couple times, but Jimmy said it really good one time about... Ooh, what'd I say? <laughs> we both come from, like, families that really believe in love and, like, staying together. Hmm. Um, Jimmy's parents have been together for... Uh, 42 years, wow. 43 years, something like that. Yeah. 42, I think, was this year. And my mom and stepdad have been together ooh, maybe under just 30 years, maybe somewhere in there. Um, But, like, once you say, like, you love this person or you want to be with this person, like, it's not just a cakewalk. You got to work for it. So, like, we've been through it. But, like, I love him, like, Till, till no end and I've, he feels the same way so yeah i think <laughs> i mean you know you know i mean uh but yeah and i think the the biggest part of that saying going back to you talking about growing and things like that yeah i think it wasn't easy but the biggest part of that was like no matter how i grow no matter how i grew or how we were growing we always let the other know where we were growing like Mm. let you in on my growth and sometimes like in other relationships friendships for example or family relationships that doesn't happen because they're not around all the time so you're growing but you can't be like hey let let me let you in on how i'm growing today let me let you in on how i've grown this week um but because we were together and always together for the most part working together and living together it was like hey i've grown in this way let me let you in so you can see my growth and you can adapt or we can adapt or i can adapt um and then i think i told you and andy this working backwards yeah we knew we wanted to be together like Mm -hmm. everything was good like all of the things lined up so if we want to be together forever let's work backwards and figure out how to do that so getting past the stupid fights and those things and the extra people in our ear and and what have you and even working out through the industry that we're in because we're in the same business. So mm-hmm. that's been mm-hmm. a, a thing to maneuver. Um, but yeah. I mean, cause sometimes you must be competing for the same most jobs. Of the, most, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> Pretty much every time. And I don't know that it's, and it's, and this is, this goes to a whole different subject of being a black male artist, but like sometimes we're competing and we're not even competing. If that makes sense. I, it does not <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> um, the, sometimes they just need a black person a oh. black male and we could be completely not even the same type for the part I see. but because we're black and because we're male we're in the same room wow interesting um, they could yeah. want somebody taller they could want somebody shorter they could want a voice type they could want a specific dance genre but first they're going to call you by ethnicity mm-hmm. and gender like they're checking a box off of a, mm-hmm. of yes. a card instead mm-hmm. of like casting a character or mm-hmm. like filling a need for the story mm-hmm. yeah that, how does that feel? Um, that's that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, it, it feels it it you. It's a catch twenty two because at some point in time you're like, am I here because I'm talented or am I here because you have a box to check? Mm-hmm. Right. Or am I here because I'm supposed to be here or am I here because you just did a cattle call? 
Hmm. Um, so that's that's the hard part. Um, it makes you second guess things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a industry that is people judging your talent constantly, <laughs> like that's enough of a stressor, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and that's actually what you kind of want to be evaluated on is your talent. So having something else in the mix is, you know, must be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love what you were saying about growing together because, you know, when I think about relationships, you know, I really like the idea of two individuals who are growing and changing side by side, not necessarily in the same way, but, you know, checking in with each other and trying to grow together or grow in a direction that is still compatible. Because I think a lot of people grow apart, mm-hmm. um, maybe for trying to like strangle the growth and try to only do, you know, together, but not have the individual, then it can be harder to grow together. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you have this really great balance of that. Um, but that made me think of something when you're growing. So you get this implant at 13 and then your body is changing and growing. Did they have to adjust any of the size or the leads or anything like that as you as your body changed? Um, the lead, yes. Um, just to give me more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the device itself got smaller just because of the upgrade. Um, but I think that was about it. Um, my body personally, uh, my chest got a little bigger. So they had to take, um, I think the incision size was a little different and wonky yeah but i'm not really sure why it's something to do with the size of my chest interesting are you limited at all in like if you wanted to start you know lifting weights or something yeah if I you want to like bulk up <laughs> <laughs> oh, and i want to so bad like it sounds really like stupid and superficial but like that is the one thing i don't have is upper body strength and mm. i know that about myself and so like in trying to like figure out a remedy to that i'm like can i lift doctors is like doctors are like no you can't but um you if, do have upper body strength. Not well, not to my liking. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I've seen them push plenty of people across the street. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, if I did anything, it would have to be like high, low. What is it? Low weight, low high intensity? rep situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's good for you anyway. You know. Yeah. But it's not. You're not going to get that like bulk. And the reason I think about it is because like I've had a lot of limitations on what I can do with my. Um, with my strength Mm -hmm. and I think about like if I were to get a diagnosis and be able to do whatever I wanted I would start like hitting the gym a lot harder just for for the Mm -hmm. fun of it you know just to build up the strength that I haven't been able to and yeah so I mean your situation is so different from mine it's I'm trying to wrap my brain around it a little bit because it's so far outside of my experience but what I do relate to is this idea of you know you have to live in harmony with what your body is giving you. Mm-hmm. You can't fight your body because you're fighting yourself. Right. And you have this situation where there are things that, you know, would be dangerous for you to do or just impractical or impossible. And you have to work within those parameters. Um, so how do you get through the mental gymnastics of having those limitations that other people don't have to kind of accept it and work with it? It kind of just goes back to that I'm not supposed to be here situation. Wow, so, like, so I got to take advantage of every situation. Like, I guess I really have not said that out loud, but, like, that's that's honestly how I feel. Like, no day is promised. That's why I, I hate putting things off. Um, like, there's no time like the present. So, like, live it up now. I will commit to a million things today. 
Like, I don't know. It's yeah. really... that is that is a fascinating uh mindset of this I'm not supposed to be here to me. I because... just gotta push through. Just whatever yeah. happens, happens. It's, there's life is too short to be sad and dwelling on craziness, like take advantage of what you got now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so interesting because you know, I like with my condition. 300 years ago, they would have thought I was possessed, you know, when I like go into muscle spasms or anything like that. Like they were burning people at the stake for having, you know, neurological conditions back Mm -hmm. in the day. Um, And to me, I feel like I'm just glad I'm alive now and not then Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that would have been a nightmare. Uh, And I've always been like this big sci-fi nerd. So Mm -hmm. technology providing means to, um, you know, positive lifestyles is something that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Jimmy, how does it make you feel to he- hear him say that? It sounds like that's something new. Um, It's interesting. It makes me, I'm a, uh, I'm a deep thinker. So it, <laughs> yeah. it will literally make me go back and just like dissect the last 15, 16 years and like things that happened. I'm like, oh, maybe you moved this way because of that reason. Or maybe you did this because of that reason. Like this was the mm-hmm. last your last chance or the last time that you thought. Um, but no, I think that it is, um, I think it's really funny because opposites attract, but they always kind of meet in the middle. And yeah. I live my life as like, I'm here for a reason. I'm supposed to be here. Mm, wow. And because he lives his life kind of in the, it, it's the same thing. It's cup half full, half empty. He does all these things because he's not supposed to be here. And so together combined, we kind of do all the same things for the same reason. Like our wow. passion, our passions are kind of for the same reason in that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But like approach from opposite directions. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And now I'm thinking about like my own behavior because <laughs> like because I, you know, because I don't have a diagnosis and I don't know if I'm going to get better or worse. I've like really adjusted my creativity to be like, what's the thing that I really want to do, you know? Like, don't do stepping stones. Don't do this thing so you can do this other thing. What do I really want to accomplish? And do it right now. You know, yeah. if I can't write like a, <laughs> I can't write and produce a trilogy of sci-fi movies. So what can I do? I can make Star Trek TikToks, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I want to I want to make like science fiction and I want to make comedy. So I'm just like, well, I want to be in Star Trek. These are the things that I've really always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just like trying to just do them. Yeah. Um, Instead of like waiting, just so that when I can look back on what I did with my day, um, even if I if I never get better and I continue to get worse, then at least I did the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, so it sounds like all three of us are kind of approaching what we're doing with our lives to get to that point from completely uh, different avenues, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. But I, but I, I think the important thing is like value your life and value your time and mm-hmm. spend it as as well as you can yeah. is is that something that charles it sounds like that's something you learned from having this health condition um the health condition yes but also like deep thinker jimmy here <laughs> um we talk a lot um and yeah like just the conversations that we have like it you can't do anything but learn um mm. and take little bits and pieces and apply it to your life and just like move forward with that. But like, I don't know between Jimmy and life, like things have definitely worked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if you, if you weren't here, what would Jimmy do? You know, you, you must, 
You I must have a wife. <laughs> Sorry Awkward. about it. Uh, you must like. <laughs> you must need to be here because Jimmy needs you to be here. You know, yeah. and that alone is is huge. Like to have this love story that goes back to your teen years is incredible. You know. Yeah. Um, where does it sounds like you both are very spiritual? Where does that fit into all of this? Does that you know inter- intersect with your health condition at all? Um. Kind of. Um, I just feel, going back to my crazy, I feel like my grandmother, like, she was my best friend. I feel like she prayed for me and she covered me extremely well while she was here and when she's not. Um, so, like, that's a big thing. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just feel like I've been extremely blessed, like, from birth moving forward. And I think it has a lot to do with the people I surround myself with and the covering and the blessings that I have been bestowed, that have been bestowed upon me. So like, yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah. I yeah. lost myself. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's awesome. What about you, Jimmy? Um, my faith guides everything that I do. Um, I'm a pray to house down. Uh, that's just my mother and father, honestly. My, um, my father's a PK, a preacher's kid. Um, he's a deacon at their church. My mom's the mother of the church. Like it just, that's just how I grew up. Hmm. Um, and so it's not, I'm not like, de- like devout in religion, but as far as spirituality, um, I'm very strong in it and I believe in manifestation. And so, um, yeah, I pray over everything. So like if he's having heart problems, um, if he goes too intense in dance or things like that, there's been times where he's passed out and I've prayed over him or, um, yeah, it just kind of leads everything that I do, honestly. Yeah. How does that feel to be in the room working on dance and Charles has a problem and you're there? What mode do you go into? <laughs> I, I go into uh, Papa Bear mode. Um, but, like, I don't know that he's had many... We've done more shows together than we have apart. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that he's had many episodes Without in the you. shows that we've done apart. Yeah. And I think that the, I think he might have had one in California when you were dancing, mm-hmm. um, one or two. But other than that, any times that he's had an episode, um, I've been there. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that that, like, again, going back to spirituality and that, that blessing, being able to be in the room. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, very early on, he didn't want people to know. Mm-hmm. And so and even with us being in the closet, um, mm. for our first few years together in our relationship and me knowing and other people not knowing, I would have to like get him to a corner and just rub his chest and calm him down. Wow. Um, and that would happen a lot for our first, mm-hmm. our first few years together. Wow. So you were hiding, not just that you were in a relationship, but also that you had this pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, man. And now you're on a podcast <laughs> with my husband, with your husband <laughs> publicly sharing about it. That's crazy that's huge thank yeah. god for growth right yeah i mean when you reflect on that how does that make you feel just good <laughs> like as a kid you always think about like well i don't know if you guys did but like i always knew that the person i was going to marry was out there somewhere um i didn't ever really put a gender to it but like i knew that that person was there and so like i found my person and it it's it's dope as hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know I I can also relate a little bit to this feeling of like trying to hide your health problems. Like I, you know, up up until very recently, I didn't want to be seen having like a bad day. And today's like a really good day for me. And I 
I totally pass as like a healthy person, you know, <laughs> I'm passing today, but there's days where I can't, where I'm like shaking really bad or I can't walk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I used to just a hundred percent cancel plans on those days. It's like, I don't want to be seen mm-hmm. on those days. I don't want anyone else to like, people can know about it, but they, I don't want them to really, really know because they will think less of me, you know, because I'm broken or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this show is the opposite of that. Like this is, you know, um, talking about it all the time now. I'm like way, I've started a TikTok for this podcast where I've even posted videos of me on a bad day, like having mm-hmm. some twitching and stuff. And um, it's so interesting because I don't know why I felt like I had to hide it, you know? Like I really felt like I did for a long time, but mm-hmm. the less I hide it, the better I feel. It's just, you know, the more I can be myself in public, um, the better I feel about myself. And I know that, you know, as a, as a white guy dating a woman, that's not, not as hard. Um, but I mean, I'm very open about the fact that I've like, I'm attracted to people of all genders and, you know, I feel like that's more important to say for me now that I am in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. with a woman, because that piece of me is now invisible. Um, and I feel like the more visible I can be, the better I feel. Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah. I don't know. I do. I do. I don't have any, any, I was trying to find something extra like elaborate to say, but I don't, I, I, I do. I think, uh, love is an action word and, but like the other side of that is hate is also an action word. Wow. And it's so much easier for us to detect hate, the action of hate hmm. than it is for us to detect the action of love. So for example, um, and this is, this is just me thinking off the top of my head, but for example, like, if somebody lets you over, like if somebody slows down in traffic to let you over, mm-hmm. that's an action of love. Mm. We don't acknowledge that as an action of love. We're like, hey, they, you, you've been really nice. But if someone zooms up and they don't let you over, we've acknowledged that hate. Yeah. And we are going to run with that hate and that anger for as long as we can. And it's kind of ruined our day. So going back to like not letting people see you, it's because we haven't detected the action of love yet. So then we don't give the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm broken. Can you love me? It's like, no, they might not love me. So we're stopping it before it gets there. Hmm. Um, And so, but the actions of love are all the way around us. Hanging out with our friends is love. Somebody sending you a text message because they thought of you as love. And so in that regard, you should say, it it should make you feel comfortable enough to say that I'm ill Hmm. or I'm broken or what have you. But, we don't see those things as love. We don't detect those as love. We just detect those as general, nice, everyday things. Yeah. But those are symbolisms of symbolisms of love. And so if we accept those things and then we say, hey, I'm broken, then we can receive the extra love that we need. Wow. But we like have a tendency to cut it off because we just acknowledge things differently. Hate is the first thing. Like, I'm going to see if you cut me off or if you don't answer my text message or if you don't respond to me in a certain time frame, you hate me. <laughs> but if you do, we're all good. No, but if you do, you love me. Right. Wow. wow. Yeah. I rambled. Sorry, y'all. No, I love it. And, uh, you know, also like when you are public and someone doesn't like you or hates you, it's so much easier to have that be the only thing that you mm-hmm. see. Even if like a thousand people love you and two people hate you. It's like, man, I got to fix this thing so that these people won't mm-hmm. hate me anymore. You know, And that hate will drive your actions. So yeah. it makes you be like secretive or it makes you be like standoffish because you don't want that hate. Right. But you miss out on so much love. 
Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we'd get in our own way a lot, mm -hmm. you know, like both in relationships and with ourselves and, you know, with, uh, with being public about things that we are private about. Um, and you're right. Like if you try to be public about something and you get a little bit of hate for it, uh, maybe from like one person, you're going to like build up a shell and be guarded about that thing. Um, Charles, when you were young, did that ever happen to you? Like, did you ever have a moment where you told someone about your pacemaker and they were, they judged you harshly? Um, I would, no, I did not have that situation. Um, I think the closest would be like the puppy situation. It's like, oh, you're so brittle. Mm. I don't want to hurt you. Just be here, sit here, that kind of situation. But I haven't really had anybody be negative. Yeah. But. And it's interesting because it sounds like you had a fear of that. That yeah. do you know where that fear came from? Just societal, Just, yeah, and being young, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I have that fear too, and I'm like, what is? I think it's societal. You know, I think it's this like men aren't allowed to be emotional or be weak, yeah, which is a lie, a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> there's always emotion and there's always weakness. It's just you know you got to acknowledge when those things happen, and we're taught to hide them. So I don't know. That's why I really appreciate you guys being here today because, um, you know, publicly changing the conversation around, uh, around like what we hide and what we share, I think is really powerful and being willing to get up and share something that is private and personal. I know Charles, for you in particular, you were having some feelings of not being sure you even wanted to do this. Um, because <laughs> I know that you're a private person and I, I'm so, I love this conversation. You know, there's so many like nuggets of wisdom in here and um, so much amazing lived experience that is so valuable. And I just feel so lucky that I get to share it. And I'm so glad that, you know, that we did this. I am too. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, my last question for you is what I like to ask people at the end of the show. So if you were to be able to address someone with uh, TVI, is that right? IVT. I almost got it. Almost, almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you were to be able to address someone with IVT who's just being diagnosed now, um, who's scared because they, they're worried that their heart's going to stop and that they might die, what would you tell that person? Um, don't worry about it. Um, I know it's kind of scary right now, but you literally have nothing to worry about. Hmm. Um, stay in prayer. Um, have fun. Keep smiling. But literally, you are going to be okay. Yeah, the doctors are there. They know how to handle this. The mm -hmm. technology exists. It's even smaller than it used to be. That part. <laughs> and Jimmy, what would you say to someone who's... Because the, the grace with which you accept your partner's uh, health is effortless from you. I can just feel that. So what would you say to someone for whom that isn't effortless? If you, if you pray, pray. Um, and communication... Because uh, any way that I feel other than supportive makes it about me. Hmm. And it's not about me. Um, if they're having a great day, you you indulge in that great day. If they're having a bad day, you be there to support that bad day. Just be there and communicate. I love that. That's awesome. Would you guys like to plug your TikTok or Instagram? I know we did at the beginning, but tell, tell people where to go if they want to follow you. Yes, uh, Shimmons18 on Instagram. Instagram. I don't know any of my other handles. I post the TikTok videos, but I think it's like Jimmy Star 05 
on TikTok, but it's the same thing on Instagram. So and Shimmons is Simmons and Shields together. S H I E M M O N S. Yeah, eighteen. <laughs> awesome. Anything else you guys want to share with the audience while we're here? No, I think this like sparked something though. You might have a Shimmons situation coming after this. You didn't start some trouble. It was really fun. <laughs> I mean, you guys got to start a podcast. You, I mean, well, we know where to come, Jesse. I was so scared. <laughs> I like. I'm not a talker, so I was really like legit scared to do this. But, but this was so easy. It's so fun. Yeah, you did awesome. You both did awesome. I mean, it definitely felt effortless, and it's a really cool story. And it's, it's very different from what we have on this show, oftentimes, because it's a very, very technical disease. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where like you have this like piece of technology that can literally fix the problem. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It's really cool. I the more I learn about the way the body works and what can be done to live. Um, as productive a life as possible. It's really, really incredible. So, Jimmy and Charles, thank you both so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele Smith, Sonny Roberts, Laura Stevens, and Brooke Walters Schmidt, and our $25 per month producers Steve Cavanaugh and Chris Fowler. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition and gifts at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.